0: and I'm so glad that you have joined us this morning. If it's your first time here in church, we want to say welcome. If you're tuning in on the live stream, hey, guys, we love you. We miss you. Hope to see you in person soon. And if you're tuning in on the podcast, hey, guys, it's Claire. Also, if you didn't know, hopefully you're having a great day and bye. No, just kidding. Um, But in all seriousness, we are so glad that you are here this morning. Um, And I hope you enjoy it. That was awesome. Praise and worship. That was so fun. Thank you team for that. So if you haven't noticed, Pastor Rob is actually away at the moment, which is sad for us, but great for him. He's in Horse Creek being a guest speaker at an Aboriginal convention. And Pastor Josh is also away at Revival City Church in Mount Barker, which is great that we can release our, um, our pastors and leaders to be a blessing to other churches around Australia. Isn't that just awesome? Yep, that's, that's awesome, that's awesome. Anyway, this morning, before we get into the Word, I just wanna pray. So I encourage you to bow your heads. And I'm just gonna pray that God is gonna speak to us in a powerful way. So Lord, we just thank you for your Word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that we get to wake up and come to church and be in your presence and learn more about you. So God, I pray over this time that we get to share this morning of diving into your Word. And I thank you, God, that you wanna speak to us. You wanna um, teach us something new. And we all said... Amen. Beautiful. So if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is Keep On. And also, actually, before I jump in, I'm just going to tell you, if you have the church app, you can find all the notes and all all the scriptures um, on there. So you can make use of that if you want to. So I'm not sure if you've realized what day it is. Can anyone tell me? New Year's Eve. So it's the last day of 2023, which I think is a bit crazy. I just can't believe that. This whole year has just flown by. One minute it was January 1st, now it's December 31. Crazy. I think that's crazy anyway. But something I've noticed about this time of year that people always ask are things like, what are your New Year's resolutions? What goals have you set for the new year? And while those aren't bad questions, and it's really good to have goals and to set challenges for yourself to help you grow, I always hear the same response, oh, I wanna go to the gym five times a week or "Oh, I'm gonna try to eat healthy this year or I don't wanna consume any sugar or I wanna save all this money or I don't wanna drink coffee or I wanna lose weight and the list goes on and on and on. And I'm sure you can think of things in your life too that maybe you're a little bit guilty of hoping that that thing will come true this year. And I was looking into some interesting statistics about New Year's resolutions. Only 9% of people who make a resolution actually complete it. Only 23% of people start their resolution and quit by the end of the first week of January. So they have seven days of going all in, all hard, all crazy, and then they go, it's too hard, I'm done. And 45% of people quit by the end of January. So they have 31 days of go hard or go home, and they think, it is too hard, so I am going to go home. Sorry, guys. And... I just think that is, that's is—that's actually insane. And I think there's a few reasons that people tend to fail to complete their New Year's resolutions. And they could include setting goals just for the sake of it, like, you know, it's new year, new me, time to start something fresh. They just set a goal because everybody else is. They have lack of motivation, unexpected obstacles arise, unrealistic expectations that they put on themselves to complete the goals, they have lack of accountability, or they just don't see results fast enough. And it got me thinking over the past couple of weeks that I don't want to set a New Year's resolution. Don't get me wrong, I want to keep on growing and learning, I want to keep on being challenged and pushed, but I don't think. We have to set new goals every single year and label them as resolutions because they're often unrealistic and unachievable, and it only leaves us feeling a little bit disappointed. So, this year, I want to challenge myself to keep on going with what I'm already doing. I don't want to put a start and end date on my growth and on the things that I'm learning. We should always be learning, growing, and we should always be challenged. It doesn't have to be measured from January to December and labeled as a new year goal. But in order to keep growing, we have to set a lifestyle of continuing, continuing in what we're already doing. The things that we are already doing need to become a habit. I don't want to have, I want to have a lifestyle of growth, not just a goal of growth this year. I want to encourage you today and in this new new year to take the pressure off those new unrealistic goals that you set, and challenge yourself to keep on going. And I always find so much encouragement in Scripture. In just a moment, a Scripture will pop up on the screen. And it says in Luke 11 verse 9, And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. It doesn't say, just ask once, just seek once, just knock once, because you probably won't see the results after just one time. I'm just, I'm just giving you some truth this morning. You probably won't. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. That's telling me to be persistent. It's encouraging me to keep on continuing time and time again. So this morning, I want to encourage you with five things you can do to keep on going with this new year. So firstly, keep on singing. In Acts 16, verse 16 to 26, we read about Paul and Silas in prison. And it says this one day, as they were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned to her and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it instantly left. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas, dragged them before authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in uproar because of these Jews, they shouted. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they did not escape so the jailer put them in the inner dungeon clamped their feet in stocks around midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening suddenly there was a massive earthquake and um, and the prison was shaken to its foundations all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off Paul and Silas teach us to keep on singing They teach us to keep on praising, to keep on worshiping. It doesn't say that Paul and Silas sang one song, like, God, you're so good, one time, and then just was thinking, I'm just gonna wait until something happens now. You know, I'm just gonna sit down and relax because I've already sang one song, God, you're so good to me, you're so good to me, awesome. No. They kept on singing. They didn't let their situation change their response. And they did not complain. Still, Paul and Silas kept on singing. They kept on praising and they kept on worshipping, knowing that God is far greater than their situation. They didn't just say, should we just give up now? We've already sang one song. My life seriously sucks here. We're stuck in prison. Our body's hurt. We've been beaten. We might never leave. Let's just sit here in our sorrow and complain. There's nothing else we could do. Well, that sounds a little bit like what I would say, actually. I am not the only one, I'm sure, but maybe I am. I'm a little bit guilty of this. I'm guilty of complaining. That's, it's just, it's in my nature. My life is so hard. I'm just so tired. And the list goes on and on and on. My human nature is to complain. But Paul and Silas, while they were beaten and in prison, they didn't complain. And I complain about being tired. Like, that's just, that's a, that's a reality check for me. Because it would be far easier to sit there in sorrow. It would be much easier to complain and do nothing. But Paul and Silas teach us to keep on singing. Their attitude was different because they chose to sing. They chose to worship God. And even even while they were the only ones in prison doing that, Even while nobody else was lifting their hands, even while nobody else was praising God, they still did. And that's an encouragement for me that it doesn't matter if nobody else is. I need to lift my hands to God because I know He's far greater than anything that I ever go through. I need to keep on praising God because He is so much greater than anything I'm going to go through. I need to keep on worshiping even when nobody else is. And I want to ask you today will you keep on singing when times get tough, when the unexpected arises, when life is it's just hard when it just doesn't go to plan. When you're hurting or when you get discouraged, will you keep on singing? Because Paul and Silas experienced victory. They broke barriers. They experienced freedom, and they saw miracles because of their worship. I wonder what you could experience today if you choose to keep on singing. And I love in the scripture following that in Acts sixteen verse twenty-seven it says. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas' attitude, their response, their decision to keep on singing, not only caused the physical walls of their prison to come tumbling down, but it also prompted a salvation. Like, how awesome is that? So let me tell you this morning, your singing brings victory. Your singing breaks barriers. Your praise brings freedom. Your praise releases miracles. And your praise makes the enemy lose power. So be encouraged by Paul and Silas to keep on singing. Keep on praising God because it changes things not only in your life but in the lives of others too. So number two, keep on telling people. Keep on telling people because salvation is for everyone. Romans 10 verse 14 says this, but how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him unless they've heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? I love that. Unless they heard I mean they wouldn't be out of here unless someone tells them and that's that's encouraging. Maybe you've never told someone about God. Maybe you don't know how to tell someone or you're thinking, "Claire, why why should I have to? It's not it's not my responsibility." And while there is no step-by-step guide on how to tell people, The how and when is completely up to you, but the why is the same regardless. And that is because people need to hear about God. And I'm sure you know people in your world that don't know God. Maybe your family or your friends aren't saved. And that for me is enough to encourage and prompt something in my heart to tell them about God. It encourages me to share with others what Jesus has done in my life and how He's changed me completely. If we experience freedom and salvation for ourselves, we should be talking about it. We should be telling people because it's the best thing we could do. And I know from my own experience of salvation and coming to know God, it was all because someone told me and then they invited me and then discipled me. And maybe that's a good formula for you to write down. Go and tell someone, go and invite someone and go and make disciples. And the journey is different for every person in this room. How you came to know God is your own personal story. But unless you had heard or been told about God, you would never have had the opportunity to experience or know Him. So it's our responsibility to share the good news. It's our responsibility to tell others because when we know the truth, it's our job to share it. Matthew 28 verse 19 says, go and make disciples. And that is a goal of our church to see disciples made, to see discipleship among our people. And maybe that word for you sounds like a little bit intimidating, but really it's just meaning going on the journey, walking alongside, teaching, loving, And being with people, before you get to the step of discipling, first you have to go and tell and you have to go and invite. And the encouraging thing for me is that telling someone about Jesus is actually loving them. The greatest thing you can do is tell someone because when we know that Jesus brings us peace, joy, love, meaning and purpose, he brings forgiveness, freedom and eternal life. That is life-changing. That's changed our life. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be here today if we didn't experience God's goodness and the love that Jesus gave to us. And I want others to experience those good things in their life too because it can change someone's life when you share. So I encourage you, keep on sharing. And the greatest thing about Jesus, it's not always about what we say, it's about what we do. And about two weeks ago, I had the privilege of joining Pastor Pauline and Erica delivering some Christmas gifts from the toy drive and some hampers to families in our community. And it really reminded me that in those times we are sharing Jesus. We are loving our community. And it makes you a little bit emotional, like going up to their door and surprising them with a, a lovely food hamp and a gift for their child because. We're loving people. That's what Jesus would do. And that's what we get to do as well. We do it because we love people. We do it because we want to share the good news of who Jesus is and because we see a need. And even though we didn't go up and knock on the door and say, hey, have you heard about Jesus before? Hey, let me tell you about him. We didn't do that. Instead, we showed. We showed who Jesus is through what we get to do. And that is powerful to change lives too. So I want to challenge you to keep on loving our community. I want to keep on loving people this year. I want to keep on being generous. I want to keep on telling and showing people Jesus because now it's planting the seeds for them to see the fruit in the future. So I encourage you to pray for opportunities to share and show Jesus. Pray that the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom. Pray that you have the right word to say. Pray for boldness. Pray that God will soften their hearts as you speak or interact with them. And ask the Holy Spirit to guide you throughout your conversation. You don't have to do it all in your own strength, but we do need to share. So let's not just be generous in what we give, but also generous in what we say. So let's keep on sharing. Thirdly, keep on being in community. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. So keep on meeting together. It's important for us to be together. Get around people who are like-minded. Don't neglect meeting together. And for me, that means living a life that's connected with others. Living connected brings you a sense of belonging. So be in church, talk to people. And yeah, that may sound like a little bit scary, but I'm a little bit shy too sometimes. But let me tell you, some of the best friendships have come out of just talking to someone who I wouldn't normally talk to. Be in church, join a life group. There is one for you. You can join our New to Faith Foundations life group, over 55s, young adults, women's, men's, and family. But make it a priority to attend your life group. Make it a non negotiable when it comes to meeting together. Life group is the whole purpose of life group is to do life together, to be there when life is hard, to be there when life is awesome. Because you're supported, you're cared for, and you're loved when you're connected. And I think we all just want a little bit of connection sometimes, don't we? Yeah, I, I do. So I encourage you to join a life group, to live your life connected with others. When you live connected, you actually grow. In your little comfortable friendship circle, it grows, expands, and it diversifies. And people will always have excuses like, oh, I just want to watch church online today. Oh, I don't really want to make any new friends. Oh, I don't want to connect with others. Oh, I don't want to do life with others. Oh, I don't want to be around people. But I don't, don't be that person who's just so content with your life right now because then you won't grow and you will just stay the same forever, which is pretty sad. So live your life connected with others because it empowers and inspires. It encourages growth. It challenges your way of thinking. You get to share advice, share advice and life experiences. You're exposed to new ideas and ways of thinking. You're supported and you get a sense of belonging. You grow, learn, and dream together. You pray together. You meet new people, network, and the most important thing, you do life together. So community isn't just important for us as believers, but being a part of a community is essential for us to experience the sense of belonging. We feel supported and we can feel like we can relate to other people who are like-minded. Community makes us feel as though we're a part of something greater than ourselves. So keep on being in community. Keep on living with one another. My fourth point this morning is keep on seeking God. Choose to spend time with Him daily. How? But you may be thinking, Claire, how do I seek God? Simple. Keep on reading your Bible. Let the Word of God speak to you and transform you. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The Bible is one of the most influential books in human history. It's powerful and it's alive. And the Bible isn't just to be kept on your little bedside table to look like look at the cover, cool, it looks so awesome. That, that's... That's a bit that's a bit bad sorry guys we have to study we have to open it and read it we have to understand that God wants to speak directly to us through his word 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says all Scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The Bible teaches us, inspires us, equips us, encourages us, guides us, and corrects us. And the Bible is filled with truth, wisdom, advice, lessons, and principles for us to live an effective, meaningful, and purposeful life. The Bible is one way we get to know God. And the more we understand, study, and read the Bible, the more we know who God is. We discover the truth of His character, His nature, His love, His favor, and so much more. The Bible shows and reminds us of the incredible things God has done and encourages us with what He will do in the future. When we grow in our relationship with God, is when we spend time with Him in His presence and in the Word. God wants to have relationship with you. He desires for you to know Him. So keep on seeking after Him. No matter how hard your life is, no matter what you're experiencing, despite what you've already been through, God still wants to speak to you. So don't just read your Bible to tick a little box or to cross it off your to-do list, but make it a habit to spend time in the Word because... The Bible transforms not only our life, but the world around us. The Bible doesn't only impact me. It impacts the world that I live in. The Bible teaches me how to forgive others, how to love others, how to be generous. The Bible helps me understand wisdom, helps me to encourage people. It teaches me how to live my life effectively. And it teaches me how to point people to Jesus. So keep on seeking God by being in His Word. Next, keep on seeking God in prayer. Prayer isn't just something that we do. It's not just a meeting that we come to, but we believe that prayer is powerful and it should be an integral part of our life as believers. And I want to encourage you today and every day to keep on praying. And sometimes I hear, oh, I prayed one time when my life was a mess and nothing happened and nothing changed. and Or or I just only pray when times are tough because like, that's only when I need God, when life is really hard. But we shouldn't be only praying when life is tough. We pray when life is good. We pray when life is hard. It says in Philippians 4 verse 6, Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Jesus. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. It's that simple. There's no need for us to overcomplicate it. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which is far greater than anything we could ever understand. God wants you to talk to Him. He wants you to spend time with Him. And He wants us to listen to Him. So keep on seeking Him in prayer and wait for Him to respond. And I saw a, a quote a couple months ago, and it, it just, it's just encouraged me um, over the last little while. It says, prayer changes things. Mainly you. So it doesn't just change the world I live in, it changes me from the inside as well. Prayer changes and transforms my life because it's so powerful. And I want to encourage you let it transform your life. You let God do the work in your life. And Jesus even saw after God. If he spent time in prayer, speaking and listening, It's so important for us. Luke 5 verse 16 says, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. It doesn't say just once or twice he, you know, maybe went out to pray alone. It says often. And that tells me I need to be praying often as well. Not when life is just easy. Not when life is just hard, but all the time. I need to keep on praying. So keep on being in the Word. Keep on praying. When life is good, when life is hard keep on seeking after him. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So don't be discouraged or disappointed if nothing changes straight away, because more than likely it probably won't. But keep on seeking after him and let that transform your life. My final point this morning, and I'll invite the musicians up, is keep on going to Jesus. And you might be thinking, Claire, I do. I come to church every Sunday. Like I go to my life group once a fortnight. You know, I, I serve in church on a Sunday. That is great and keep doing that. But I need to keep coming back to Jesus every single day, not just on Sunday, not just at my life group. I need to be in His presence daily. I want to spend time with Him, not just one or two moments that changed my life. But I have to keep on coming back to Jesus. And I just want to share a couple of um, moments in Scripture where Jesus, where people came to Jesus and He changed their life. So, firstly, Matthew nine verse twenty to twenty two says, "Just." Just then, a woman who suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, If only I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed in that moment. In one moment, her life was completely changed, and she was healed. Mark 1, verse 40 to 42 says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. From just one moment with Jesus, a man with leprosy was healed forever. Um, Matthew 9, verse 18, while he was staying at While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw a noisy crowd and people playing the pipes, he said, go away. This girl is not dead, but just asleep. They laughed at him and the crowd had been put outside and he went in, took the girl by the hand and she got up. One moment with Jesus brought a dead girl back to life. Mark 2, verse 1 to 5 says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum after several days, the news spread quickly that he was back home. The house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a man on a paralyzed a paralyzed man on a mat, and they came they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head and then lowered the man on the mat right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. The man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praise God exclaiming we've never seen anything like this before. One thing I noticed about all those moments in scripture is that they had to come to Jesus. It doesn't say they just sat in their home and thought to their, in their heads, "Oh, it would be pretty cool if I could be healed today. It would be like kind of awesome if like my life could be changed forever." They didn't just sit there and just be content with the position that they were in. They went to Jesus. They all went to Jesus because they all knew if only I could get to where Jesus was, that they would be healed and their situation would be changed. They didn't stay where it was comfortable. They didn't stay where it was safe. They all made the the decision to get to Jesus. Maybe today you need to come back to Jesus. And I wonder what one moment with Jesus could do in your life. The one moments are great, but don't settle for those One moment, keep on coming back to Jesus and experience all he has for you. So, if you've never experienced Jesus or you've never invited him into your life, there's going to be a prayer that comes up on the screen in just a moment, and we're going to pray this all together. So, I want to encourage you if you pray this prayer for the first time or you pray this prayer for the first time in a long time, come and have a chat to myself or Pastor Pauline after the service, and we want to give you some equipment to help you on the journey with Jesus. And so, Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So this new year, don't put pressure on setting those new goals, but be encouraged to keep on singing Keep on sharing, keep on being connected, keep on seeking God, and keep on coming back to Jesus. So, before I welcome up Pastor Pauline, I just want to pray this morning. So, maybe you could stand to your feet if, if you're willing and able. Jesus, I just thank you for this time that we get to spend with you. I thank you that you want to encourage us this year to keep on going and to keep on seeking after you. We thank you, God, that. Um, For what you've already done today and I thank you for the year we've had in 2023 but God we believe and we um, believe in faith today that there's far greater in 2024 and we keep on making these habits a daily habit in our life so we just thank you God for what you're going to do and how you are going to move upon our lives. Amen.